Chapter thirty six of the Convict by G. P. R. James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter thirty six. Eda Brandon sat in her room alone. Her fair face was somewhat paler than when first it was presented to the reader's eyes, and the look of sparkling cheerfulness was no longer there. It had grown very thoughtful, but yet those who had seen her only four days before, if they had keen and remarking eyes, would have perceived, when they looked at her now, that, from some cause, a great alteration had very recently taken place, that an expression of careless despondency was gone, that there was, in fact, the light of hope renewed upon her countenance. During the long pilgrimage she had made with her uncle, it must not be supposed that Eda had cherished the melancholy which had fallen upon her, that she had neglected any reasonable opportunity of diverting her thoughts from the bitter subject of a hopeless passion all that was beautiful in nature all that was fine and admirable in art all that was rich in association or decorated by memories she eagerly sought and calmly dwelt upon feeling that they were objects which might well give the mind occupation without altogether jarring with the sadder tones which rose continually from the heart it was only society that she avoided the society of the world which in reality and truth is not society at all for the mere herding together of a certain number of human beings with hardly a thought or feeling in common deserves a very different name there might be also a certain portion of apprehension in her thus flying from the mixed crowd she had a sort of presentiment that her uncle would seek to force some match upon her in the idle expectation of weaning her heart from a passion which although it had not lately been mentioned between them she felt convinced he must see traces of each day and as at every instant she felt that her love for dudley could never decay as she longed to be with him more and more she was anxious to avoid anything which could bring on discussions equally painful to herself and to sir arthur thus their journey had passed in visiting many distant scenes and so far as this could afford amusement eda had gained something by the continual change but whenever they stopped the same dark gloom fell upon her and it became the more profound when at the end of a tour even longer than had been at first proposed they returned to take up their residence at brandon sir arthur with the pertinacity which characterized him and the somewhat impenetrable blindness to the character of others which is universal i believe in vain and self-sufficient men still pursued his purposes with regard to eda and thinking that the opportunities of a country residence would be most favourable to his schemes filled the house with gentlemen each of whom he thought might be a suitable match for his fair niece and who were not at all indifferent to the advantages of wedding broad lands and well-economised revenues there was a middle-aged peer and a young and wealthy baronet and a simple esquire enormously rich in everything but brains and a captain of dragoons the nephew and presumptive heir to a duke who to say the truth was the best of the party for he was a man of feeling of character and of thought a little enthusiastic indeed in his notions but whose imagination in all its flights soared heavenward he was the only one who even caught eda's ear for more than a moment and he did so under somewhat curious circumstances for it was neither his abilities the richness of his fancy 
nor the generous character of his mind sparkling through his conversation which attracted her attention on the contrary as she saw from the first that he sought her society rather eagerly she was for a time inclined to withdraw from him more decidedly than from the others when one day shortly after his arrival he said almost abruptly miss brandon you are very sad and i can see that all these people tease you i can divine the cause but do not class me with them for if you suppose that i have come here with the same views and purposes you are mistaken i do not exactly understand you said eda gravely nor can i admit exactly that my uncle's friends do tease me i am not fond of much society but that is all there is one way of explaining what i mean miss brandon answered the other which will make you understand me without referring to other men's views it is by making you a confidant of that which is indeed a great secret i am engaged to a lady whom i love most sincerely and have indeed been engaged for more than two years she is not rich and i am very poor and we say nothing about our mutual understanding for fear it should give offence to those with whom my hopes of fortune rest i have told you this because i think it will put your mind at ease so far as i am concerned and because i wish much to speak with you upon another subject of much interest which may occupy more time than we can now command alone there i knew how it would be here comes lord kingsland to say his soft nothings which i certainly shall not wait to hear replied eda with a smile this brief conversation had taken place the day before and now eda sat with an open letter before her in the handwriting of her cousin edgar it was light and cheerful though not very definite and there were two or three words in it which conveyed to eda's mind more than the general tone seemed to imply all he said was do not give way to melancholy my sweet cousin shake off the gloom which hung upon you when you departed for the melancholy is now without cause and the gloom is very useless storm clouds last but a day or two eda the wind is up and has wafted yours away eda knew what edgar would not so have written to her had he not had better hopes in store than he ventured to express and although she had shared her uncle's surprise when she first heard that edgar had gone to australia she had felt what sir arthur had not felt that he had not taken that journey without a powerful motive it was the spring of the year the days had not lengthened much and it was still dark at the dinner hour eda had dined in her own room the day before but now she prepared to go down with a lighter heart than she had known for long long months and ringing for her maid conversed with her from time to time while she dressed her hair when the girl's task was done she went down to the housekeeper's room not without having remarked the change in her mistress and there she told her good old fellow-servant with a shrewd and self-satisfied look miss brandon's getting over it i can tell you mrs gregson the captain's to be the man i'm sure in the meantime eda proceeded to the drawing-room with a lightened heart and diversified the ceremonious moments which occur while people are waiting for their meal by damping if not extinguishing any hopes sir arthur's guests might have conceived really you look resplendent to-night miss brandon said the peer seating himself beside her the country air seems quite to have refreshed you i trust it may have the same effect upon your lordship in time 
replied Eda, and a slight smile that came upon the lips of the young dragoon gave more point than she intended to her words. Lord Kingsland, however, was not so easily driven from his attack, and he replied, "'Oh, I do not think country air has any effect upon me. I am so much accustomed to spend the whole spring in London that the air of the great city at that season of the year agrees with me by habit better than that of the country.' "'I feel very differently about it,' replied Eda. "'I should have thought, from my own experience, "'that fifty or sixty springs in London "'would shrivel any one to a mere mummy.' "'Miss Brandon, Miss Brandon!' exclaimed the peer with a smile, "'which he intended to be perfectly courteous and good-humoured, "'but from which he could not banish an expression of mortification. "'I see the air must be detrimental to one's looks at all events, "'or you would not pile so many years upon my head.' Eda would fain have apologised and explained, but Lord Kingsland had enjoyed enough of her conversation for that evening, and he soon after walked away. The man of money next approached, dressed in the very height of the fashion, and began speaking of the beauty and fertility of some parts of the estate of Brandon, remarking how wide a space it occupied in the map which hung in the wall. "'It is indeed of a goodly length and breadth,' replied Eda, almost too extensive to be held by one individual i am sufficient of a politician to think it would be much better if large properties were prevented from increasing moderate fortunes in the hands of many must be better for a country than immense fortunes in the hands of a few very spartan notions indeed said the young gentleman but i dare say you would not carry them out in practice undoubtedly replied eda gaily I would prevent any man having a large estate from acquiring another by any means. There was no reply to this bold assertion, and the baronet who followed seemed likely to call upon himself some as decided an expression of opinion when dinner was announced and the peer exercised his prerogative of taking Miss Brandon into the dining-room. The meal passed off tranquilly and stupidly enough, and the pudding and tart course were being removed when a dull, heavy sound like that of a cannon made the windows rattle in the sashes nobody took any notice however for mr filmer was describing with powerful eloquence one of the ceremonies of the romish church the performance of which he and sir arthur had witnessed at st peter's at the interval of about a minute however the same sound was repeated and after another interval the report was heard again those are minute guns said sir arthur adelon some ship got upon the dog-bank i dare say and the wind is blowing very high too i saw a very fine large bark just coming round the point said lord kingsland while i was taking a stroll upon the downs this evening probably it is her guns we hear for there was no other vessel in sight she must have passed the dog then far said mr filmer and has probably run upon the spit beyond beach rock the wind sets thence so that we should hear the guns as clearly as we do now more likely she has gone bump upon the shore said sir arthur or the low reefs which lie two or three hundred yards out she would try to hug the land as close as possible to get into the bay and avoid the fury of the gale while these words were spoken on all parts several more guns were distinctly heard and eda rising with her face very pale as the first dishes of the dessert were being set upon the table retired saying "'I will send some of the servants, my dear uncle. "'They may, perhaps, give the fishermen some help in case of need.' "'They will never arrive in time, my love,' replied Sir Arthur. 
if the ship has gone ashore it must be fully twelve miles up to the spit or more but do as you like i will certainly send if you have no objection replied eda the men may aid to save a human life and a walk or ride of twelve miles is nothing in comparison retiring to the drawing-room eda immediately rang the bell and ordered as many of the servants as could be spared to get upon horseback and ride on as fast as possible in the direction from which the sound of the guns seemed to proceed her orders were clear calm and distinct although her pale face and her trembling hand seemed to show that she was greatly agitated call all the country people as you go she said and tell them to hurry down to give assistance with whatever their experience of the coast may lead them to think is necessary i know she continued that the salvation of human life is not rewarded by the law or by government while enormous rewards follow the saving of property but tell the men that i will give ten guineas for every life that is saved by their exertions ten guineas ma'am said the butler to whom she spoke that is a great deal ten guineas or more replied eda in a firm tone if it be necessary to quicken their efforts now make haste and lifting her eyes to the door she perceived that the young captain of dragoons was standing just upon the nearer side of the threshold she coloured a little as she saw him for real enthusiasts have generally a certain degree of shyness with them but as soon as she had ceased speaking the officer advanced saying i will go with the men miss brandon they need somebody to lead and to direct and i am not unaccustomed to such transactions hark the guns seem to have ceased but that is no sign that the poor souls are out of danger and i will set out directly i will not thank you captain m said eda brandon for i have no personal interest in these poor people but your own heart will thank you and god will bless you for your readiness on this occasion he left her and departed and eda sat in solitude with her head resting on her hand for nearly half an hour with feelings which it would be very difficult to describe for they were sensations for which no reasonable cause could be assigned phantom fears which seemed to rise out of the depth of night unevoked by anything more tangible than themselves at length she was joined by the rest of the party and strove to maintain a tranquil and equal demeanour although the utter indifference she saw around her to the fate of a number of human beings perishing perhaps within a few miles rather tended to increase than to diminish the agitation which she felt mr filmer sat down to play at chess with the younger baronet and beat him most signally giving him a piece sir arthur and lord kingsland played at piquet and she was left to the tender mercies of the rich young commoner who entertained her with an account of graperies and pine pits gave her a lecture upon the horticultural gardens and was even deviating into some account of stock and piggeries when eda herself turned the conversation eleven o'clock arrived and nobody appeared but eda made no movement to go the chessmen were by this time discarded three games of piquet had been played and sir arthur had rung for wine and water when captain m entered with a calm and easy air and walking up at once to eda without taking the least notice of any one else he said in a low tone there is some one in the library who will be glad to see you and whom you will be glad to see do not agitate yourself he continued seeing that she trembled very much all is safe 
but before i proceed to relate what followed i must notice the events which had taken place between the time at which captain m set out on his expedition and that at which he returned End of chapter thirty six